from the WIA. This is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. June 6, the news for week commencing. This is the Wireless Institute of Australia. I'm Graham VK4BB with a little warmer broadcast than last week when we broadcast live from the national capital for the WIA 100th AGM. Our president, Michael Owen, VK3KI, has executed a contract to purchase the premises it's presently renting at Bayswater. The directors are considering calling the premises Anderson House, in honour of Henry Anderson, VK8HA. Henry left in his will the house and land at Humpty Doo near Darwin to the WIA, and that generous bequest provided much of the funds necessary to acquire the premises at Bayswater. For the full year, beginning January through December 2010, and with the help of its members, the WIA is celebrating the centenary of organised amateur radio here in Australia. The year-long celebration with the centre point last weekend's 100th WIA AGM in the nation's capital is in recognition of the foundation of the Wireless Institute of Australia and the very start of organised amateur radio in Australia during 1910. A range of initiatives and activities happening in 2010 provide an opportunity for every VKAX radio amateur to be involved in what really is already a memorable celebration. The first activity this year was the VK9NA2010 VHF-UHF Microwave de-expedition to Norfolk Island in January. This was the first time such an expedition had been mounted on these bands from Norfolk. Valentine's Day saw the Centre Victoria Radio Fest at Kyneton. A radio astronomy and electronics expo was held in April, organised by the Midland Amateur Radio Club. A reenactment of the first wireless press message received from Britain in Australia is set to occur June 16-18. The Gippsland Gate Radio and Electronics Club will reenact this historical wireless milestone. The WIA Annual General Meeting and Activities Program in Canberra last weekend was a real eye-opener. Astronaut Tracy Caldwell-Dyson, KF5DBF, talked to the WIA Centenary Dinner in Canberra. The weekly Sunday morning VK1 WIA broadcast, hosted by yours truly, Graham VK4BB, was transmitted live from the venue. A highlight was the trip to Dick Smith's old-time flying school and giant toy shed. Even a display of military flying precision as four helicopters used Dick's landing strip as an emergency alternate landing area after being forced down by inclement weather during a training flight Sydney to Adelaide. ICOM Australia kindly donated a D-Star repeater to the WIA for installation in the Canberra area, a donation to the Wireless Institute from ICOM to celebrate 100 years of the WIA. All in all, a great weekend, a great year 2010, the year the Wireless Institute of Australia turns 100. Let's do a quick whip around VK with Justin VK7 Tango Whiskey, then a few highlights again from last weekend's 100th AGM broadcast presented by the WIA directors. VK1 at the WIA Centenary Dinner, CRARC was presented with a 2 metre digital voice repeater and controller. President of CRARC, Peter VK1NPW, would like to thank ICOM and the WIA for this generous gift. VK2. St George Amateur Radio Society held a successful Construction Techniques presentation Wednesday and are already looking forward to July's talks on a radio direction finding a technical presentation by John VK2BBC 
on VHF radio direction finding by technical staff within the aviation industry. Also, if you know of anyone who would like to obtain their foundation licence, SAGSS will be holding a training and assessment course over the weekend toward the end of June. You can contact SAGGS by Googling them or look up St George Amateur Radio Society on the WIAorg.au club page. Next weekend is the Oxley Region Amateur Radio Club Incorporated 35th Annual Field Day at Port Macquarie on Saturday the 12th and Sunday the 13th of June. Full details are available on the club's website. Special guest is WIA President Michael Owen, VK3KI, who will be very pleased to see you at the WIA stand. And VK3, celebrating 100 years of the WIA on Sunday the 30th of May, ARK's Academy students sat upgrade exams. All students decided that they wanted to go straight to advanced with the results that five passed. Two missed out by a single question and one by two questions. These three will be having another try in the next few days. ARK's courses are an intensive self-help system that run over five weeks and have proven to work. All courses are free of charge. Expressions of interest are now open for those who would like to attend ARK's Academy Next Upgrade course. And this is to be held in Nunawading, Melbourne, a little later in the year. The courses are limited to 10 candidates, so booking is required. Please email vk3ark at wia.org.au to reserve your place in the next course. VK5, the South East Radio Group, are having their annual convention on Saturday the 12th and Sunday the 13th of June at the Margaret Street Scout Hall behind the Mount Gambier Police Station. Go along and see Surge celebrate the WIA centenary with the call sign VK100WIA. And for more information or to book a table, look at the website. And VK7, licence examinations. Reg VK7KK lets us know that the recent examination session sees congratulations for Roger Cripps, who passed his foundation licence assessment. And we look forward to hearing Roger on the air in the near future. If you're interested in sitting an exam, then contact Reg VK7KK on 0417-391-607. And the SARL Sprint to celebrate Youth Day on the 16th of June 2010. With the World Cup in full swing and schools on holidays, radio amateurs have a unique opportunity to celebrate Youth Day on the 16th of June with the SARL Sprint and give South Africa's young people a taste of amateur radio and hands-on experience, says Gerhard Kotze, who is ZS3TG, the SARL Councillor for Youth Activity. Clubs are encouraged to set up stations in public areas like shopping malls to demonstrate amateur radio as the greatest of all scientific hobbies and a great primer to encourage young people to take up careers in electronics and communications. Full details of the events are available at www.sal.org.za. And individual radio amateurs are invited to adopt young people for a day and invite them into the shack to operate under your supervision. VK Hams, this should be worth a visit, at least on the web. Maybe some great ideas for our October 23 field day event. And this is Justin, VK7 Tango Whiskey. At the top of the news I said that we'd pick up a few 
of the little snippets from last weekend's broadcast. We'll do that. But just beforehand, at the next AREG meeting, which will be held on Friday the 18th, that's Friday the 18th of June at 8pm in Reed Bents Hall, Phelps Court, Fulham, South Australia, Chris VK5, Charlie Popper will provide a repeat of a presentation made at the Dayton Hamvention in May on a centenary of contesting down under. A review of the contest iUniversity conducted prior to the Hamvention shows some pictures taken at Dayton and do a show-and-tell on some of the new toys he collected on the way, including the Bionics 10-watt APRS tracker, the new D-Star V access point for home use, and a practical demonstration of the RF Space SDR IQ receiver and its use in the CW Skimmer Reverse Beacon Network. Chris will be ably assisted by VK5ZSN in the practical demonstration. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. Originating from VK1 WIA. Well, good morning and a very freezing morning here. I'm Graham VK0BB, actually VK4BB. We're transmitting live from Canberra on the 100th anniversary of the WIA. We're using the call sign VK100WIA, which is the club grant scheme. Uh, Yes, we have. Uh, Once again, the WIA is requesting amateur radio clubs and groups submit applications for the ever-popular Clubs Grant Scheme. Friday the 30th of July is the closing date for applications for the WIA Club Grant Scheme for 2010. Uh, Full details of the 2010 rules for the scheme can be obtained from the WIA website together with a template for setting out the suggested application. Also uh, with us is the WIA Secretary, Jeff Atkinson, VK3AFA. Good morning there, Jeff. Yes, good morning, Graham. I've got some news from the WIA Bookshop. The bookshop operates from the WIA offices in Bayswater, providing direct sales to members who attend the office, as well as servicing online and mail order requests. We carry a broad range of ARRL and RSGB publications, along with the Foundation Licence Manual, Radio Theory Handbook by Fred Swainston, Drew Diamond's Technical Projects and the Annual Callbook. We also have a range of merchandise featuring both WIA regular and WIA centenary logos. Polos, vests, shirts... ERG and follow the links to the convention pages. Hope to see you there. Okay, we certainly uh, will. As we said, this is VK100 WIA. It's live from Canberra on the 100th anniversary of the Wireless Institute of Australia formed back in Sydney in the good year 1910. Now joining us is Philip Adams, one of our directors, VK3JNI, and Philip's here to tell us about a new look, WIA National Field Day. Yes, thank you very much. Um, On Saturday, the 23rd of October, amateur operators from all over Australia will be showcasing the amateur radio in uh, prominent locations in their local areas. The recommended operating hours for National Field Day are between 0900 hours to 2100 hours Eastern Daylight Time. This is a new activity to Australia and will be a good opportunity for operators to break out their field day equipment. Now at the hotel last night was our anniversary dinner and this was really something, uh, it just knocked me out with the overseas visitors, our special guests and I think uh, capping it off was the ARIS contact with astronaut Tracy Caldwell-Dyson, KF5DBF, speaking from space to this weekend's WIA centenary dinner in Canberra. 
On behalf of the International Space Station crew and NASA, I extend our warm congratulations to the Wireless Institute of Australia on reaching 100 years. The WIA began in 1910 at a time when we could not communicate around the world using radio. About a decade later, radio amateurs had developed worldwide radio communications. Among the many other contributions of radio amateurs over the years include space communications. The first amateur satellite was launched in 1961, just four years after Sputnik 1. There are advanced and to, uh, to wrap it up, I think uh, some final words from our president, Michael Owen. Thanks, Graham. There is absolutely no doubt that this weekend has been incredibly successful. 152 people were at the annual general meeting, which is a complete record. The Aris contact was a highlight, as was Dick Smith. The success of this weekend is due to the work of very many people, some of whom we have recognised quite extensively. But it also includes many people from the Canberra Region Amateur Radio Club. Those have been taking the time and trouble to uh, provide transport for our very many overseas visitors. To our Secretary, Jeff Atkinson, Treasurer, John Longerow and Sue Bradley, and uh, our new manager, Mel Brooks, who have done many tasks over the weekend, including manning the reception desk. To all of you, I think we say thank you. It's been a great weekend. Uh, Graham, I'm not quite sure how this afternoon, lunchtime is going to work with a barbecue in the rain, but uh, I think it was a good idea to come inside for the broadcast. Thank you. Most, most definitely. Thank you, uh, Michael. On behalf of uh, everybody uh, here at the 100th WIA AGM, good morning, and as I always say, walk softly but today i think uh, a round of applause to uh, michael and all of the organizing committee for the wia 100th agm across australia from vk1 wia you're tuned to the wia national news service i'm jeff vk4 zpp from the gimpy communications and electronics group in the Gympie region, you can hear the news on 146.800 and 146.850 MHz at 9am. Radio in your inbox. VK1WIA. Now podcasting to the world. International news with thanks to the RSGB, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, the ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART and the worldwide sources of our own Wireless Institute of Australia. Data transfer via lighting system. Lead data transmission used to be all the rage, then we got omnidirectional Bluetooth and building penetrating Wi-Fi and put all that caveman stuff behind us. But now, scientists the world over are looking to bring back line-of-sight networking, and the latest demonstration has Chinese researchers streaming video to a laptop with naught but the normal ceiling-mounted blue LEDs. The Chinese Academy of Sciences claims to have realised a 2 megabit per second internet connection, transmitting data simply by modulating the flicker of the little diodes, and, imperceivably enough, to have them serve as room lighting as well. Radio Amateur joins Paris Project. The paper aircraft released into space. Paris Project has announced that Radio Amateur Steve Daniels, G6UIM, has joined the team. The plan is for the paper aircraft, Vulture 1, to be released from a weather balloon that will carry it to over 30 kilometres. 
Keep on trucking, an Essex-based radio ham is transmitting live images from his truck as he travels around the UK. From a dashboard-mounted webcam in his delivery truck, Paul Young, G0HWC, transmits an image of the road ahead once every 30 seconds. And just in case you can't figure out exactly where he is at the moment, Paul has a live APRS map on his website as well. It's the law. While the laws of physics weren't made to be broken, sometimes they do need revision, as work with the transistor laser has shown. However, harnessing capabilities of the transistor laser hinges on a clear understanding of the physics of the device, and data generator did not fit neatly within established circuit laws governing electric circuits. We were puzzled, said Feng, the Hollyank Chair, Professor of Electrical and Computer Engineering. How did that work? Is it violating Kirchhoff's law? How can the law accommodate a further output signal, a photon or optical signal? So now, this major current law has been rewritten at the University of Illinois. Read the full article in Science Daily. Amateur radio astronomers find super-secret space plane. A group of amateur radio astronomers have accomplished what the military was likely hoping would not happen. They've spotted the super-secret U.S. Air Force X-37B mini space plane on orbit. Amateur Radio Newsline's Frank Hass, KB4T, says the unpiloted X-37B Orbital Test Vehicle 1 was lofted April 22 atop an Atlas launcher. It's being flown under the auspices of the U.S. Air Force Rapid Capabilities Office. From there, it entered a proverbial cone of silence regarding its on-orbit duties. But... Thanks to a worldwide network of amateur sky watchers, the spacecraft is reported in a 39.99 degree inclination, circling the Earth in an orbit 401 kilometres by 422 kilometres. Finally, weird and wonderful, amateur radio and Hollywood. The sale of KE6 PZH amateur radio equipment has been relisted on eBay after not selling in a recent auction. Although listed on the FCC database as Martin Brando, he would be more known internationally as Marlon Brando, also the call sign holder of F0GJ. He was QRV occasionally from his private French Polynesian island. Marlon Brando, Amateur Radio and Hollywood. From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Operational News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ. Special Events and On-Air Contest Column, Dateline 2010. June 12, WIA VK Trans-Tasman 160m phone. June 12 and 13, WIA worked or VK shires. June 19 and 20, WIA Winter VHF UHF Field Day. Saturday, June 12, from 1500 hours Zulu until Sunday the 13th at 1500 hours Zulu. The Worldwide South America CWDX Contest. International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend. Registrations for this fun event in August are steadily being made and so far there are 175 entries from 26 countries. A flood of registrations traditionally occur closer to the weekend. Leading the progressive tally is Germany on 35, with Australia on 28. But about 40% more registrations are anticipated from those two countries alone. The International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend has its origins in Scotland through the efforts of Mike Dalrymple, GM4SUC, now Silent Key, and other members of the Air Amateur Radio Group. It has steadily grown in popularity over the years. Its website, iwlw.net, has registration guidelines. 
There's now also IWLW on Facebook with more than 200 followers where those activating lighthouses can show and tell and share information. The International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend, IWLW.net, will be held on the 21st and 22nd of August. Special event stations, repeater, beacon, DX and net advice. The 70cm repeater of the City of Brisbane Radio Society will be off the air for some period due to maintenance. Spratty Island D-Expedition 2011-DX0-DX A multinational team of up to 30 radio amateurs from 9 countries is in advanced preparation to operate from the Spratly Island Group in the South China Sea. Following 12 months of discussions with military and civilian authorities, permission has been received to operate from Thaito Island, Pagasa in Filipino. The second largest island in the Spratly Islands with a population of about 100. The D-Expedition, organised by the South Pacific Contest Club, will run from the 6th to the 24th of January, with the final 420 kilometres travel leg for three groups of operators, equipment and supplies, is by cargo boat. All supplies, including food, water and fuel to sustain the D-Expedition, needs to be transported to the island. The team includes five doctors, which is not only reassuring other D-Expeditioners, but will also provide a welcome humanitarian effort through free medical checks for those permanently on the remote island. The plan is to have four CW stations, four phone, a RITI digital modes plus VHF, UHF. Sponsors include ICOM America, Ham Radio Outlet, Spider Beam, Heil Sound and DX Engineering. Further corporate sponsorship and funding is expected and individual donations will be acknowledged. The D-Expedition is supported by the IARU National Radio Society, Philippine Amateur Radio Association, PARA. The team leader is Chris VK3FY. Intruder Watch Enforcement Zone We have heard over the past week or so and in the WIA national news from the 100th AGM of the VKM who OCMA have rightfully removed from the air. Now comes news that a ZL3HM has been prosecuted for QRO transmitter. Yes, a New Zealand radio amateur has been convicted of being in possession of a radio transmitter capable of operating at a significantly higher power than permitted by his amateur radio operator's general licence. The New Zealand Ministry of Economic Development's MED Radio Spectrum Management Division was alerted to a YouTube video showing a transmitter allegedly operated at 3,100 watts, far in excess of that maximum permitted limit of 500 watts PEP. He was found guilty in Christchurch District Court of breaching Section 113 of the Radio Communications Act 1989. The magistrate found the charge proven, imposed a fine of $1,750 and ordered $130 to be paid for costs plus radio equipment forfeiture. In a media statement, the MED explained that it had taken the action because excessive power has the potential to cause interference to and disrupt other radio services in the local area. BPL to rise just like the Phoenix in Egypt. Just when commentators had ridden off broadband over power lines, BPL, comes news that Egypt-based SABA Electric is getting into the act. It has formed a partnership with ISP, Link.net, and has plans for easy access to the internet through BPL. In a media statement, SABA Electric said BPL is the technology it will use to provide broadband data speed up to 8 megabits per second that include a number of voice over internet protocol and video options. On complete build-out, the network could reach over 300,000 residents. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, Inningham. This is Trent, VK4TI. CQ Contest, CQ VK Shires. The VK Shires second running is on next weekend. And wow, we've had an announcement from Eddie JI1AQI that his Japanese language contest logger CTES Win now supports VK Shires 
and that the Japanese website cqcqcq.org has promotions for the VK Shires. Eddie has also translated the rules into Japanese for us. This is great news as sea test win is as popular in Japan as VKCL is in Australia. To have fun in the VK Shires, get active anywhere. Every different shire is a multiplier. Even in active shires, you might find no one else is on for the contest. Download any of the free software to help run the contest. VKCL, of course, CTest Win if you're Japanese, SD Logger, or W3KM. Both SSB and CW is worth contact points and expect a lot of JAs on the bands. WIA National News and Special Interest Groups, The Final Frontier, Unitech 1 signal received. Yes, signals have been received from the amateur radio satellite Unitech 1, which is on its way to Venus. CW and FSK signals were received from Unitech 1 at a distance of some 300,000 kilometres. No other amateur radio satellite has travelled this far before, and it has some 50 million kilometres to go before it reaches its destination. Japanese ground stations work together to receive the Unitech 1 signal on the first pass over Japan on May 21. The frequency, 5839.91. Comet crash into Sun observed by Stereo. Solar physicists at the University of California at Berkeley have captured for the first time the collision of a comet with the Sun. Using data radioed back to Earth from instruments aboard NASA's twin Stereo spacecraft, the researchers at UC Berkeley's Space Sciences Laboratory were able to track the comet as it approached the Sun and estimate an approximate time and place of impact. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, QRP, and using QRP via DFCW. Bob VK7ZL has been continuing with his low-power experiments on the 30-metre band using dual-frequency CW. With DFCW, each Morse element is the same length, but the dashes are 5 hertz higher in frequency than the dots, thus producing a regular step pattern which is much more visible than regular 6-second dot Morse. Bob's current setup is a transmitter running 5 watts into the output fed into a homebrew step attenuator of 7dB and 10dB. His antenna, a resonant inverted V-dipole at about 9 metres at the apex. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio. Press reports say the New Zealand Amateur Radio Emergency Corps provided a communication during a search for two hunters lost in the New Zealand bush. The New Zealand Stuff website reports that two hunters went missing in the ranges off the Napier-Taupo Road. A search ensued, involving police, land search and rescue volunteers from tramping and hunting clubs and members of the Amateur Radio Emergency Corps who provided communications. Senior Sergeant Luke Shadbolt of Hastings said the men were found on the Napier-Taupo Road after an uncomfortable night in the bush. They apparently told police they were geographically challenged. Rewind. A look back at our history through the serialised written history by WAA Centenary Committee member Peter Wolfenden, VK3RV, with the assistance of others, that is being published in the WAA journal Amateur Radio Magazine. While the WAA has been continually recognised as the representative body both nationally and internationally, there was a deal of instability within the ranks of Australian experimenters between 1927 and 1937. An alternative society, initially known as the Queensland Radio Transmitters League, began in 1927 and renamed the Australian Radio Transmitters League, was primarily concerned about the undue influence of commercial interests at the expense of private experimenters. 
The majority of experimenters in Tasmania, South Australia and Victoria stood by the WIA, though the ARTL had also been established in those states. With goodwill and expressions of common purpose during six months of negotiations in 1929, most state ARTLs merged with the WIA. The last merger was in Western Australia in 1932. In New South Wales, a further organisation, the Amateur Radio Association, was established and became affiliated with the WIA. It was, in effect, a de facto division of the WIA in that state. This was brought about because New South Wales had been under the dominance of the Institution of Radio Engineers, the group representing those engaged professionally in wireless. This situation remained until the IRE allowed the legal reforming of the Wireless Institute in New South Wales during 1937. Much of the instability during the decade 1927 to 1937 was related to conflicting interests of amateur transmitting experimenters and substantial growth in receiving only members, often coupled with the commercial interests of individuals. As a living organisation, the WIA has undergone many changes to reflect the issues of the times and interests of its members. Representing all amateur experimenters, now known as radio amateurs, to authorities, was one of the initial aims 100 years ago and continues today in an ever-changing world. Thanks, Jim. That takes us to the end of WIA and the National News Service for week commencing June 6. We'll do it all again next week. Don't forget, June 12, 13 and VK2 is the Oxley Region Amateur Radio Club's 35th annual field day. July 17 and VK3, the GGREC Hamfest. That start time is 10 o'clock. See you next week. I'm Graham, VK4BB. Walk softly. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.